Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with... uh, Tom Dorian. I Hello. knew that. I'm just messing with you. How are you? How could I ever forget you, Tom? Who are you, you Tom? and what, in, <laughs> what are you what doing, are you doing here? here? I don't know. What am I? Well, you know, I'm glad you're here, Tom. Thank you. Glad uh, to be here. It's always good to have you here. We always have such interesting things to talk about, and uh, it's fun to talk about them with your friend. It is, isn't it? Right. So everyone get a friend. Right. And start talking about something important. Exactly. That's what the world needs. Exactly. Love, sweet love. Hey, speaking of that, what are we talking about today? You know, you, know how you know, like to prepare me, you know, well in advance for these shows and... Tom, at this point, to my listening audience, Tom, at this point, is being uh, facetious and no. uh, and uh, sarcastic and yes. uh, uh, ironical. Ironical. I like that. That's good. <laughs> well, you know what we're going to talk about today is something very important. Okay. And that is, you know, when you come to Mass. You say that every show. I know. It's always important. Yeah. But, you know, you go to Mass, mm-hmm. and you're in the in your, in your back, you're, ready, you're thinking about finding your your Your, your pew. Your, your pew. Your, your seat. You're right, because you're at your Mass, right. going to your pew. Yes. And you see these, uh, typically it's an older guy. Mm-hmm. He's got like a hearing aid, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and he's holding a, a batch of bulletins. Yeah. And he's kind of standing there and just kind of handing out bulletins. Okay. And, you know... Now, this is not everybody. And if you are, by the way, an old guy with a hearing aid, <laughs> God, bless bulletins, <laughs> God bless you. Uh, and, and, and I know these are good people, but I wonder, I look at the big picture and go, are we really welcoming people at this point? Right. You know, right. And I, and I think some parishes got it down. I think some parishes are very good at seeking people out and welcoming them. But I think that our church as a whole is, is struggling, I think, with this concept of welcoming the stranger. Yeah. Not just like, hey, so we're the Smiths, we're Catholics from Saskatchewan, and we happen to be in your town and visiting. We just looked up this mass and we came here, right. and that we, we feel so welcome. Thank you so much for greeting us at the door. But I'm talking more about those, uh, I guess, the lost and the forgotten, the people don't feel like they're at home. Yeah. And that's, that's an important thing. I mean, mass is designed for Catholics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you stop and think about it for a second. It's not necessarily in and of itself designed to um, to inform and attract people who don't know what's going on. In right. fact, it can be quite confusing to the non-Catholic totally. or the, the marginal Catholic or the people that used to be Catholic and they've kind of fallen away and haven't been back in years. And it's like, what's this and with your spirit stuff? You know, exactly. And, and then, but, but the, the stuff I hear all the time when I'm in RCIA is, is, you know, we're confused. Why do you put your hands in water? Or why, do you, why do you kneel down on one knee? Yeah. Why do you stand at this point? Why do you sit at that point? Why do you bow at this point and do these things? Right. And it can be confusing to it people can. who don't know. Right. And so now if you're in the club, you know, you know, you come and you do the stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of people have sort of memorized the movements. Right. And maybe have lost sight of what they all mean. But the reality is that when you stop and think about it, it's all part of that welcoming thing. Yeah. Right. Who who are these people and, and what are we doing? I. Someone sent me, you know, one of the nice things about being Deacon Jeff yes. is I have lots of friends, as you do, Tom, who Not are in the church, and they love to send me things, like yeah. send me uh, memes and, and blogs yeah. and things. So here's a little article from a blog. Well, the other day I got one from 
uh, a friend of mine, and it was a blog called uh, The Canadian Catholic. Yeah. So I get this this little article from The Canadian Catholic, uh, which, by the way, can be found at CanadianCatholic.net. And uh, it's by a guy named Josh Canning. I don't know Josh, Mm-mm. but he's a, he's a wise man mm-hmm. uh, based on what I read. And the title of this thing was very intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. And the title of this article was, Does Your Parish Have a Shallow End? <laughs> and I thought, what? What is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> What's he talking about? Here's some crazy guy. Yeah. Uh, you know. And as I read, I started going, man. This guy's got his finger on the pulse. He's he's right on, and it's a, such a, a beautiful and wonderful analogy that made me think very hard about how people come to church, right? Why people come to church and why people stay at church, mm-hmm. you know? And he and it just it, it harkened back to all these memories of me as a kid. I used to go to the uh, we used to go to the East Memphis Catholic Club. That's where we, we belonged yeah. as a family. Yeah. And uh, it was like this little place we'd go. It was like a, sw- a swimming hole, basically. It's a great place. Yeah, you know, we, we back in the day we'd play bingo. It was like a Catholic Riviera. That's right. <laughs> Not quite as nice, you know. Well, Riviera there was, of the South. There maybe. were a lot more Italian people there with the slick back hair and whatnot. Right. You know, wasn't yeah. like mafioso. Good stuff. But uh, but we'd go there. We played the bingo. We'd go mm-hmm. to the Christmas parties, and it was like a social club kind of thing. And then we belonged, and you could go to the swimming pool. Yeah. And I remember as a kid growing up, and they had like the concession stand. I remember how, remember how big the candy bars were. Oh yeah. Man. But I digress. So <laughs> I remember I, re- I you know remember back then that there was like the there was the diving board, and I remember as a, as a little tyke with that little uh, duck thing flotation device wrapped around me. Yeah. As I would be like in the kiddie pool. Right. right, and so there I'd be. That my parents were felt safe that in that um, you know seven and a half inches of water that I was fine. Yeah, right. And then um, and then beyond that, there was the big pool, which I always wanted to be in that big pool. Yeah, and really there was that deep end mm-hmm. where the diving board was, right. and I could picture myself. In fact, I would see um, pe- old people. You know, back then they might have been twelve or thirteen years old. I don't know, but they were they were definitely way bigger than me, and yeah. they'd be diving off that board. Yeah. And I'd be thinking, I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I would find myself at times standing on, uh, you know, on, right outside the pool. I wasn't in the pool. And, but then I realized, as I got a little older, there was like a shallow end of the pool. Mm-hmm. And it had some, some gentle steps that led me down into the pool. Or a nice ladder that would lead me down into the, the, the section that was like three feet. Right. Right, but it was connected to or led to gradually right, the deep end. The deep end, where it's going to be fifteen, twenty feet deep, so you can be all these, doing all this dive and stuff. And and the reality is, I realized that you know if I want to get to the deep end, maybe I start in the shallow end. Right. And so here's uh, Josh Canning doing this blog about does your parish have a shallow end? And I started thinking about that connection, how brilliant that was. That here we are, you know, we go to mass. We're good Catholics. Tom, you're a good Catholic. I think so. You're in the deep end. I hope so. You're swimming around. You're treading water. You're going under. Diving. Yeah, you're diving off the board. You're doing all yeah. these great things. Mm-hmm. And yet there are people who long to do that. Right. right. You're doing all those things in your parish. You're active. You're involved. Your family's there. You understand what's happening at mass. Right. You do your best to participate. You're an ordinary person. You probably... Uh, commit the occasional sin, you go to confession, you receive Eucharist, you do all these things that a Catholic does because you embrace this, you're in the deep end, right? And you can go deeper still by studying you know, St. Thomas Aquinas and the early church fathers and read the papal encyclicals and start to become one with, uh, with the living, breathing church right? Right. in a very deep and profound way. You're in the deep end of the pool in your parish, in your church. 
And yet there are those that would desire to be there and yet don't know how to do it. Don't know how to do it. Or don't feel welcome or all Exactly. And so they'll stand out there like I did with my little rubber ducky around my waist and just watch. And maybe, you know, just one. And then eventually go away. Right. If if you don't invite them. That's exactly right. Well, I'd never learned to swim. Right. Right. (laughs) And so I stop and think, you know, what Josh is talking about here is your parish Mm -hmm. appears to be a diving board and a, you know, 12 foot pool. You know, you dive into the deep end or whatever. And uh, does your parish have a place for people to enter? The answer is probably no. Well, I would say probably not. Now, again, there are some parishes out there that are doing doing this thing in an amazing way. Generally speaking, no. But if you stop and think about it, what what are your options? What does a parish normally have, right? Your parish, well, first of all, a parish has masses. They have multiple masses. Oh, yeah. You know, some have, you know, four, five, six I know of one parish that has seven masses, seven opportunities to go to church. And so, like, a, a good a good pastor might know that. Um, I, this is one I read about. You look at me in front of like that's our parish only has six. Yeah, we I'm have thinking, six on I'm Sunday. Thinking, is that, no, there's is that one. That there, we have six. Right, there's one that also has a, a Hispanic mass that I was reading, reading okay. about. So they got six masses plus a Hispanic mass. There may be more out there. I, you know, I don't know. But, yeah. You know, a good pastor would look at that and say, we have plenty of opportunities for people. We've got six masses. Right. You can come to any of those. Right. And, and again, but masses were kind six, of... Six deep-end opportunities. Yes, exactly. And, they're, right. and, they're in, in, and I know there are people that are curious and that will find their way and they'll sit in the back and they'll be quiet. Mm-hmm. But are they going to stay? Do they really understand what's happening? Mm-hmm. Do all Catholics really understand what's happening? Are all no. Catholics actually swimming in the deep end? Or are they just kind of like in that sort of middle ground? Right. Where the water is just a little bit over their head or right up to their neck, yeah. you know, but not nearly not going into the deep. Right. They're kind of halfway there. And the, and, the, and the question is, does our parish, you know, pastors will say, we've got these opportunities. What other opportunities do we have? Well, we got RCIA. Yeah. How does RCIA work? You know, well, we have these classes and they are here. And so we take all comers. But the point is they're comers. They're people that come to you, right? Either... Someone might have recommended it or mentioned it. I get phone calls all the time once we've started. Mm-hmm. Hey, I heard you have these classes and I'm interested. Right. Well, that's a person who's come to me. Right. Now, granted, they may have been welcomed or they may have been had somebody talk to them. And I usually meet them and find, try to find out where they are and what they're thinking about, and, and et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is um, I'm not necessarily reaching out in a way. RCI is not designed to evangelize, to reach out, mm-hmm. to go you know, out there beyond the church boundaries it's part of the church people come to it so then you might have some kind of social events you know the the knights of columbus might have a spaghetti dinner and god bless them and that's great spaghetti dinners but who's going to come to something where they don't know people where they don't feel like they belong in right. that group you might have bible studies but who's inviting them to the bible studies and at catholic churches most of them are small bible studies yeah and so it's just hard to welcome the stranger and that really makes it difficult and so we expect as a church for everyone to be in the deep end, to come, come on in and jump in the deep end. Well, unfortunately, some people drown right. when they jump in. They don't understand what's going on. They can't maneuver. They can't survive in that environment. And so, like you said, they leave yep. you know, or they drown or they, they, just, they, they end up being swallowed up. And, they, and they're, no, they're not uh, maneuvering through the deep end and enjoying the, the, the great beauty that there is in the depth of Holy Mother Church. And that's what we need to talk about. And so let's start now. I say start. We've already halfway through this talking that, about this that, situation. This, this show's gone quickly. I exactly. Don't know why. And here's the thing because I'm talking too much. Uh, and, and so we're going to stop talking probably. for a minute and let my wife talk. 
How about that? She's much better than Let's, us. Exactly. Let's take a break, and we're going to do, uh, do that in just a second. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. If you want to go deeper into <laughs> your faith, you can go there. Uh, but then also, um, uh, I'd love you to email me. Send me your stories. Send me your questions. We've gotten some incredible some questions Some awesome lately. questions and some awesome People emails. Attention. Yeah, send those to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that... Keep treading water because we are coming back. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Just imagine what it would have been like to sit at the feet of one of the twelve and hear the gospel proclaimed firsthand from someone who saw, touched, walked, and talked with the Lord Jesus himself. This is just what St. Polycarp did as a student of St. John, the last of the beloved apostles to die. St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna and a very holy man. As a member of the second generation of church leaders, he faced many new challenges, challenges even the original 12 apostles did not face. There were many early heresies, challenges to the truth of Christ and the authority of the church. But above all, St. Polycarp was a man of God, and he faced these challenges head-on his entire life. He was a beacon of truth for the early church, the heretic Marcion, who taught error about the nature, existence, and relationship of good and evil, matter and spirit, challenged St. Polycarp, demanding he recognize his heretical sect. Recognize us, Polycarp, he demanded. St. Polycarp responded, I recognize you, yes, I recognize the son of Satan. St. Polycarp was to give his life in service to the Church, just as his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A very early document, The Martyrdom of Polycarp, tells the heroic story of his death. When in his 80s, St. Polycarp was arrested, he was offered the opportunity to save his own life if he would simply swear his allegiance to Caesar. To this request, St. Polycarp answered, If you imagine that I will swear by Caesar, you do not know who I am. Let me tell you plainly, I am a Christian. It was ordered that St. Polycarp be burned at the stake. As the fire was lit, witnesses heard a long and beautiful prayer uttered from the mouth of the saint. In part, they heard, Lord God Almighty, I bless you for having made me worthy of this day and this hour. I bless you because I may have a part, along with the martyrs, in the chalice of your Christ. As St. Polycarp said amen, his captor stoked the fire. But it is reported that the fire did not burn him. It miraculously formed an arch around him, causing him to resemble what the martyrdom document says was gold and silver glowing in a furnace. They finally had to stab him to death. St. Polycarp's feast day is February 23rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And indeed, welcome back to the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth, sitting here with Tom Doring, and we are talking about... Thanks for the welcome back. Oh, yeah. It was, it's heartfelt, too. Welcome back. <laughs> have another cup of coffee. So we're talking about, you know, does your parish have a shallow, a shallow end? end? And yes. what, what happens in the shallow end? We, we allow people to sort of dip their toe in. Yeah. 
to come in slowly, mm-hmm. to kind of at their own speed, their own pace, kind of work their way to the deep end. Right. And really, if it's done correctly, at a at, when I was at the Catholic club swimming pool, mm-hmm. there'd be people who knew how to swim that would sort of coax you and help you and and you know kind of swim with you as you got into deeper and deeper sure. situation. Right. So. Yeah. So our shallow end is really an, an entry point. Mm-hmm. And most people, if I say, hey, does your church have a shallow end? If I just say, hey, does your church have an entry point? And a lot of people say, oh, we got the front doors. <laughs> you know, And that's good. It's good to have front doors. But The regular rock concert. Right, but, but what's happening there? Right now, we have our Catholic parishioners who have always been Catholic. And some of them are pretty good Catholics. Some are not so good Catholics. Some of them are just there to make Grandma happy or whatever. I don't know. They, there's a lot of people that, are, that need to know more about their, the deep end of the, of the Catholic faith. But there's also people that just kind of wander in. And I kind of think, what, what are the characters? Who are the people we're talking about? Right? Who are these people? And I, and I can't help but think that where we are in our, our day and age... And I think about, you know, I'm, I'm 53. I was born uh, in 1962. And I think about the time. Man, you're old. I'm an old man. Golly. But that would make you old. Pot calling the kettle black, right? <laughs> so I look at that and I go, well, what was happening in the 1960s and 1970s? Yeah. Right? In the 1960s and 70s, I mean, basically is a, you know, I don't say anarchy, but there was very, a very profound distrust of the institution. Yeah. The man. A lot of radical change back then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we got the people burning anti-authority. Yeah, bra- draft cards, long and, hair. Yeah, bunch yeah, of hippies. yeah. You got the hippies, right? Yeah. We got things like Watergate. Some pretty cool music, though. Yeah, well, there's some good music. Yeah, admittedly, but uh, uh, and, and you know that's coming back around. The kids Vietnam. love that stuff. Oh, Vietnam. You know, people uh, and and so people did not like the government, and it was no. all about you know the man. You know, sticking it to the man. That's exactly. And so uh, you start to look at that, and you realize, you know, that's right in the middle of Vatican II. Yeah, Vatican you're right. II takes place. This is one of the reasons why Vatican II was such a, I would say, radical change for the church. Right. I will say a very profound uh, and maybe sometimes in the wrong way effective. But love the Vatican II uh, Council, love the documents, mm-hmm. beautiful things. But a lot of tumultuous things happened in the church right after that. Yeah. Because of the times we, that we were in. Yeah. Well, those people who started distrusting institutions and the church was an institution. Those people then had kids. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. So, little moon unit and whatever the names of the kids are. Right. <laughs> you know, there's, they have these kids. Where did that come from? <laughs> well, but this is the day and age. I want to be in your head one day. You know, you don't want to be in there. <laughs> I'm not even there most of the time. <laughs> He's in there. Oh my but look, gosh. but the point is, little those people unit. had kids. Those people are all grown up. Right. And they're having kids. Now moon unit. Second exactly. So now we have these this this sort of second generation after that period of time. Yeah. So these kids have lived in a world that is not about just doing things because their parents said so. Right. It's about doing things because they feel like they want to do them. Yeah. And that they're welcomed into this environment that belong in this environment that this is really their home. Right. Right. Not just because it's like well because I said so because right. I said so doesn't work anymore. This is the, we talked about this off the air. I think we did off the air, maybe on the air, but uh, the belong, behave, believe. Yeah, you know, and that's something that I will, I'll, when I say that, uh, we should give credit where credit's due. And right now there's this fantastic book that, I, that you gave me, Tom Dorian. Really? Yeah, it's called Divine Renovation, right? Oh, wow. Divine Renovation from a Maintenance to a Missional Parish. Yeah. So write that down, folks. Divine Renovation 
from a maintenance to a missional parish. Just remember, if you just Google divine renovation, you will find it. It's a, it's a hot topic right now. Also, Father Mallon. Yeah, written by a Father James Mallon, M-A-L-L-O-N. I've never met Father James Mallon, but... Um, He's Canadian, by the way, which means, which, which what I meant to say is, something's going on in Canada. Exactly We've right. got to get up there and figure that well, it's, out. It's, it's our attic. You know, like nothing really ever good happens in the attic. It's where we put things right. up there we don't care about anymore, yeah. right? And that's a joke for the Canadians. Which makes us we love their Canadians. basement. Exa- well, I know. The, uh, that, that we the, be, we're the living room. We're the living room. See, down <laughs> below the basement, that's Mexico. And now that we've just disenfranchised so many different <laughs> No, 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 no. We've got to take that nationalities. Back. Canadians uh, we, are we, rocking it right now. Oh, absolutely. With Father Malin and, and the And I've got to tell renovation. you, if it weren't for the, the Catholics that are coming from Mexico and the United States... We would have some difficulty maintaining our Catholic Church numbers. So blessings from north and from south, right, that are helping us out here. And I do love the Canadians, and I I I especially love what Father Mallon, he's a pastor of St. Benedict Parish in the Archdiocese of Halifax, Yarmouth, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, way up there in the cold country. Yeah, Man, he's got some great ideas, and he has this concept. He talks about the fact, and it it fits right into who these people are who Mm -hmm. we're talking about, Mm -hmm. who... Instead, right now we're saying, like, why don't people behave properly? Why are we having so many divorces? Why do kids not want to get married? They want to live together. Why is there same-sex uh, marriage uh, going on? Why, why do people want to do this and this and this and this? Why are they not behaving properly? Mm-hmm. In the old days, our parents told us to behave, and so we behaved. And then once we behaved enough, we, it would just become our nature, and we would believe what we were behaving in or right. taught, right? Yeah. And then, then after that, it would be like, well, we felt like this was our home, that we belonged here. Yeah. And from the night that way anymore. That's right. From the 1960s and 70s, where people don't trust the institution anymore. It's all flipped upside down. It's upside down. Father Mallon gets it, and and I love this. And uh, maybe I'll have to uh, have him on the show or talk to him or whatever, so we can get some more insight. That'd on be this. great. But the reality is, you have to make people feel like they belong first. Exactly. It's the first thing that happens. Mm-hmm. You don't say, "Hey, excuse me, but do you know that homosexuality is a, uh, acting on as a sin?" And it's like, well, that's not how you engage. No. You can't have a conversation with somebody regardless of what the church teaches. And so it's not about what the church teaches so much as um, what Jesus desires from each human being. Right. And that's a relationship. That's exactly right. So we have to be the arms of Christ and we have to be that relationship. So now we're trying to turn the greeting ministry, quote unquote, in our parish on its Mm -hmm. ear. Hospitality ministry. Yeah. It's it's not about just handing out bulletins. Right. Yeah. It's not about like finding uh, you know a family to bring up the gifts at right. mass. It's right. not about making sure that someone has, has a seat, so that you know halfway through mass, some guys walking up and down the aisle holding up two fingers, right. and then cramming somebody into the second row. Yeah. These are good things, and I, I and I again, I don't want to be down on the uh, the greeting ministry, but we as Catholics cannot assume that that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's not an entry point, Mm-mm. or it is an entry point where we have barred the door. Right. That you have got to essentially be Catholic right. to totally understand what it is to be Catholic. And it's like, well, that's not really going to be something that we can really sustain ourselves. Now, right? the entry point, I think, where you're going with this is us. We have to take personal responsibility for being the entry point for that person Amen. who really needs to come No, in. you're exactly right. We have to reach out. Don't I mean, need to form a new ministry or a new Another committee. committee. Right, right. And, you yeah. know, and it's like we don't have to have better donuts. Right. You know, and these are all good things to have good donuts. I think it's great and, and whatever so people can come. But the reality is if we don't engage these people who feel kind of lost, if we don't have an individual desire to reach out to that person that walks into our narthex, fancy word for entry yeah. of the church, yeah. if we don't reach out to that person and say, look, that guy, 
he looks a little lost. Yeah. Let me just go up and say hi. I don't know him. We have a big parish. And I may find out that he's been here a parishioner for 10 years. Yeah. And never really got involved in the parish. He just shows up because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. But the reality is... He could be the guy sitting on the deck. Absolutely. Won't even put his toe in the yeah, shallow exactly. End. Or he's put his feet in. He's just sitting there on the edge yeah, kicking with around. his feet. Yeah. But he's not willing to go go all in, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. that's our opportunity. Yeah. Right? That's the shallow end, deep end thing. We got to come from the deep end sometimes and help get other out. people. Teach them to swim. Teach them to, yeah. to, to really enjoy, you know, that, that experience of of floating, you yeah. know, through through the through the through the depths of our Christian faith. So the image I have in my mind is at the end of mass, the celebrant or the deacon, uh, which I know you love doing this, gets to dismiss us and say, "Go, ite missa est." That's right. right. The y- mass go. is ended. Go, go, be sent. Right, right, and that sending forth is and a so missionary thing. That's where we take on that responsibility. Absolutely. So it's not just up to people who haven't who have walked in. Right, people you encounter. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, Father Mallon, you know, both Father Mallon and this uh, Josh Canning, who has this Canadian Catholic man, they got it going on in Canada. I'm telling you, man, Canada is rocking. Right. So both of these guys talk about this program called Alpha. Yeah. And I'm looking into Alpha at this point. It's like, man. It's interesting because its whole focus is helping someone not to be Catholic, but to have a relationship with Jesus. And, and, and people say, well, wouldn't that be bad? Because that takes them away from the Catholic well, Church. Well, that's it's what like, you're talking no. about is really radical thinking. That's right. If you want someone to be Catholic. talking about 60s thinking. That's really radical. It is radical. But, you know, you, you, but it's not just about like breaking things down so we can break them. No. It's about looking at the core of what we do as an evangelist, evangelistic church. A missionary church is like you have to get out of your comfort zone and you've got to go somewhere and be uncomfortable. You've got to reach out. And the reality is you're not going to go and say, hey, look, here's a list of doctrines and dogmas that I think you'd be interested in. Right. Well, right. no one's going to be interested in that, especially kids are like, dude, dude, Whatever. don't come to me with your list of rules. Yeah. And but instead, if you're going to say, you know, you look like like everybody else in the world, like I did and I do at times, someone who needs a relationship with something bigger than you, something that you can rely on. It's like, well, now you understand the concept of God. Then you start to learn more about God and how God has revealed himself to us. And there's this person, Jesus, who we can have a relationship with. Well, so that relationship, when you fall in love with Jesus, you're going to fall in love with what Jesus did. Right. Right. Which reconcile us to the Father, but also to bring us to the church. Which church? The one he started. Yep. In other words, we're going to make people be Catholic. Beautiful. See, that's what we need to do. So, uh, you know, come on down to the shallow end. See who's in there. Mm-hmm. Coax some people into the pool. Right? Help them have a relationship with Jesus. And that's how we're going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing that we as Catholics can do other than receive the sacraments and get ourselves to heaven. Amen. Is to reach out and grab those folks. Amen. Let's pray. We're going to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Great. And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven. heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee.
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. 